You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Going to have a great episode for you today. Really, really prominently showing up in some of my tribal members' lives is this opportunity for a shift in what they're doing as a career. And talking to a couple of them over the last week, I realized that when you're in this fork in the road, in your life, much like we were when we decided to step from addiction into sobriety and ultimately into addiction recovery, we have this opportunity to completely embrace a new life, a new area of our life, a whole nother way of being. And when we do this, and we start to ask people their opinions of where we should go, and I've got a whole section in my online course called Energy Vampires, about making sure you're very mindful of the people that you do invite into the space of, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. What are your thoughts on it? Be mindful of the people that you invite in there because they could project their own inadequacies upon you. This happens more often than not. When you tell somebody you have a great idea, this is what you want to do with your life, they're going to start giving you their their opinion based on how they perceive you or how they perceive themselves what they think they could accomplish in a similar arena. They're going to project that upon you. What they've seen you do, they're going to say, well, this is what you did in the past, so this is obviously what you're going to do in the future. But we don't make our future from the past. We learn from the past, but we make our future in the present. And that's the opportunity you can now embrace, that you're making your future in the present, and you're no longer basing it on your past. And so when you start to run it through that filter of, it doesn't matter who I was then, I'm a new me now. And you do this, yes, through practicing my principles. Number three is uh, be decisive. Make that decision, stick with it and go. Take action. Principle number four, principle number five, embrace discipline. It's in that discipline that anything you want to achieve can be manifested in your life, but it takes work. Day in, day out, one simple step, the next simplest step moves you toward where you want to go. You don't base it on your past when you were using or when you were emotionally distraught or any of those negative, undesirable emotions that you may have been feeling back then. That is not who is going to dictate who you become now and into the future. Who you are now is going to decide that. The decisions you make now are going to decide that. The decisiveness, the action you take, and the discipline that you follow and embrace, that is what decides your future. I'm watching a TV show called Bloodline, and in this show, Kevin is one of the brothers, and he has a drinking problem. And so he's been going to AA. He gets in an argument in the episode I watched last night, he gets in an argument with his brother, John storms out of the car, runs into his house, cracks open. I mean, just immediately goes straight to the refrigerator, cracks open a bottle of beer and starts to slam it back. And I mean, I literally said this out loud with my girlfriend sitting right next to me. I'm like, he wasn't in addiction recovery. He was in sobriety. Cause when you're in sobriety, you're holding on by white knuckles. 
You're just riding that pink cloud, but something can knock you back. When you're in addiction recovery, you've begun to utilize and build resources in yourself that say, okay, this is not how I want to feel, but I know damn well running to that refrigerator and cracking open that bottle of beer isn't going to make it better. In fact, I am creating a life that is so much better without being intoxicated that I couldn't even possibly rationalize, let alone commit the act of going backwards and using. So I called last week's episodes. I don't even, was it like, why on earth would you want to go backwards? Like what life are you prepared to create for yourself that makes going backwards just seem asinine and irrational and not even a choice, not even a choice. I have removed the choice of ever using again from my life. It's just gone. Yes, there are plenty of stores with big three-foot letters proclaiming to me when I drive by them or walk by them that I could enter into this facility and I could get intoxicated. Thank you, next. Absolutely not. It is not even a choice. Everything that I have created for myself, everything that I'm looking around in my at-home office that is in front of me, everything I have created with my girlfriend, uh, with my career, with myself, when I look at myself in the mirror after a hard workout, the way I can handle my emotional ebbs and flows that are going to come as part of the human experience, the integrity and the morals, ethics, and values that I lead my life by, that I run my business by, that everything I do gets run through these these spiritual factors, these filters of morals, ethics, values, humility, gratitude, my, my seven powerful principles, my top four values, all of these things were only able to be discovered and seen and manifested and materialized into my life when I began experiencing my life through the lens, through the eyes of someone who had traveled through sobriety and had begun their journey of addiction recovery. All of this exists because of this journey. To imbibe a beer or a shot or to smoke a joint or to do a line or do any of those things wouldn't just be resetting my clock from four years and some months and days. He would literally be taking all of those things I just mentioned to you putting them in some sort of metaphorical garbage bag and then throwing them into a wood chipper. I wouldn't just be sacrificing days or my own confidence in myself or all these other things. I would be be sacrificing all of that. It's not just a drink. It is me saying this alcohol is more important than everything else in my life. And that is not a choice. That is shackles. That is a ball and chain of a trillion pounds being strapped to my leg, of which I will never be able to break. And I am not even going to entertain that as a choice. If you can't visualize that in your head after I say all that, stop for a moment and do that. You wrap this ball and chain around your leg, you willingly are let out of this prison of addiction. You get to walk amongst the free people of the world. And then at some point in your life, 
you want to run back into that prison, lock yourself in it, and you have had the key all along? You've always had the key. You may not have felt it, and I absolutely get it. I lived in that world for 22 years. I tried to quit many times. I'd go three months, six months, nine months. Always went back. It was different this time because I realized that I was, I was teetering on the line of being that person who had a ton of a, who had a ton of potential, who was about to waste that ton of potential. And I stumble over that line because it, it means so much to me. So let me repeat that. When I started, let me go back and actually tell a quick little story. When I started to get intoxicated at Ball State University, I went all in. LSD, cocaine, marijuana, tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of booze. And I knew the addiction ran in my family. And I told myself, I was like, one day, you're going to have to quit all of this if you're ever going to reach your potential. That This stuff will hold you back. Now, was I programming that into my mind? Was I setting anchor? I no idea. The way when I just said it out loud, it certainly sounded like I was, but either way, I accomplished some things in my life, but I never reached my true potential because alcohol and drugs always seem to be more important than connecting with my loved ones or doing something amazing in my life, starting a career, starting my own business, uh, finally getting those abs I always wanted because as a kid, I see them on the cover of the magazines. It was like, man, that's a healthy person. That person, they get supermodels. I want to have those kind of abs one day. Whatever the programming was, I knew that I had potential to achieve these things in my life and that alcohol and drugs were what was holding me back. And no matter how many things I tried to change in my life along the way, alcohol and drugs, for the most part, stayed. And I never was able to get to where I truly wanted to be. And perhaps it was that, that little whisper, hey, as long as these things are in your life, you're not going to achieve the way you really want to achieve. Because I didn't want to achieve blacked out. I didn't want to achieve disconnected from my own life. I didn't want to be the passenger of my own life anymore as alcohol and drugs just drove me around wherever they did. And when something undesirable happened in my life, I would go off the rails for two weeks and black out constantly and you know have a crazy bender and then spend the next month or two not only trying to overcome whatever undesirable thing happened in my life, but now also trying to put myself through detox for the next month. Hell on earth, right? We all know what detoxes feels like. Hell on earth. So as I talk to so many of the people in my tribe and in, in they're in various stages of sobriety and addiction recovery. Not everyone in my tribe is full on sober right now. And that and that's awesome that they're willing to step into this world of mine, into into my tribe, knowing that there's still a lot of work to be done. And I love being a part of that work with them. I love being there to help them manifest their lives. Right, So some of them are ready to break free from the shackles. Others have broken free from the shackle, have walked out of that own self-imposed prison. They're not seeking to manage addiction anymore. They're seeking to leave it behind and start a whole new life. One that is dictated by what they do in the present for the future, not controlled by what they had done in the past, dictating what they could do in the present, and having all of that create a future which is not going to be as fulfilling as it would be if they would just take the lesson from the past and then leave that experience in the past where it belongs. Take the lesson, the positive that you can take from it, and then say, that's it. 
Thank you very much, past self. I'm, I'm out. I'm good. I'm going to be creating from my present for my future moving forward. So when you've decided, which you just all have decided, having listened to this last 10 or 15 minutes, you have all decided that you are creating your present right now based on who you are, knowing full well that that will grow you to your future. And if there's resources you need to learn, if there's things that you need to hear, if there's steps that you still need to take, that's great. You're doing that from now, from here, from your present. You revisit the past where it, you can learn, and then you leave it there, and now you're creating in the present for your future. You are in control of your mind, therefore you are in control of your results. And if you want to spend too many hours of your life reliving the past, thinking that's somehow going to change something, you're wrong. You can't change the past. It has already occurred. You can absolutely alter your present to create the future you have always wanted and desired. So now that you've decided to do this with me, right here and now today, if you haven't already decided in the last hundred and some odd episodes, now you have decided, creating from the present for the future, learning from the past and then leaving what you don't need back there where it belongs. So now that you've all decided this, how do you begin to grow yourself from where you're at today to where you want to be? This got brought up during a uh, meeting I had yesterday with my brand new tribal member from Alberta, Canada. I didn't ask to say his name on air, so I won't, but I know he listens, so I know you're going to hear this. And so well, I was talking with him yesterday, and he's he he invested in himself through me. He has joined the online course as well as he's he's joined the next master group that I'll be doing, the live mastermind sessions that I do on Tuesday nights. He's going to be joining that one and whenever it restarts up. It, when it, the next level of that comes up in May, May 4th. If any of you have decided that you would like to be a part of the online course or the mastermind, that starts up again in May. I'm, I'm finishing up the first round, and then we're re- then here comes round two. By all means, direct message me on Instagram, and let's talk about that. And so as I was bringing in my new member yesterday, I started talking about curious, interest, passion, purpose. And I went through the show notes and went through the Podbean trying to find this episode so that he could go watch it. And I or listen to it, and I couldn't find it. And then I thought, well, maybe I just did it for college success habits. And they didn't do it for From Sobriety to Recovery. And so I dug around over there, and I'm not even really sure I found it over there. But I know it exists somewhere, and I don't think it exists here. So today we're going to talk curiosity, interest, passion, and purpose. And if I've already discussed this, and you're like, Jesse, that was episode 62, then one, hooray that you remember that. Two, please DM me and let me know that. (laughs) And three, let's talk about it again, because this is an awesome topic. Because this is how you can discover what matters in life for you, so that in the present, you can begin to create your future. Often, I have noticed within myself, and especially whenever I got sober, I was like, okay, well, what was it that I was super passionate about that I can now reinvite into my life because I'm sober? And I still say, and I used to say, and I came up with this saying when I first got sober, is that when I got sober, everything I was ever passionate about in my life came back to me. 
whether it was writing or reading and learning and speaking. Um, you know, I tried to do a podcast back in my using days. I half-assed the whole thing. I used to blog. I was in news. I was in sports. I was a sports writer for a while. I had a job overseas. I was all this traveling and, and eating delicious foods and, and listening to amazing music. Like all these things were muted by addiction. And when I got sober, all the things I was passionate about were reintroduced to me. And so out of these things that were reintroduced, right, these were things I'd already figured out I was curious about. I was, I'd already moved past the interest stage. I, was, I already knew I was passionate about these things. I reintroduced them into my life, and slowly but surely, certain passions became my purpose. When I wanted to know within myself why I had behaved the way I did, even though I knew it was killing me, Right, and I started to search around for topics on this on the internet, behavioral psychology, things of that nature from that school of thought kept popping up. From that, neuro-linguistic programming was in the search results. From that, a friend invited me to a three-day seminar for five grand in Southern Florida. I gladly handed over that money knowing that that, 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 that event would change my life, and it did. I came back to Southern California, found someone who could teach me NLP, and the rest they could say is history. Here I am, you know, into my fifth year of sobriety, four months and some odd, you know, into this, and I am a trainer of NLP. And once I was just interested in NLP. So let's go back and let's talk about how if you aren't able to locate what you're passionate about, if you aren't able to, to yet discover what it is your purpose in life is now that you're sober and you're moving into addiction recovery. And again, you might just be thinking about sobriety. You might be in sobriety. You might already be in addiction recovery, new to the world in it, or you might be 27 years into addiction recovery, wherever I'm finding you at. If you're wondering, what is the process that the human experience takes us through in order for us to create passions and purpose? I'm about to show you that. If you've ever wondered, how is it that I got so passionate? How is it I have this as my purpose? To get on a microphone, to talk to people about how to live their best selves, how to get out of their own way, how to overcome their limiting beliefs about themselves and the world that they can create. And how is it I can rise so many up to their meant to be? How is it I got to where I'm at today, pacing back and forth in my home office with my adorable little dog laying on the floor, looking at birds eating at the bird feeder outside of my office window? How is it I got here? Let's go all the way back to when you're young and you're just a child and you don't even really know much about the world. You don't know anything other than what you see in front of you. And you're being all, all of this information from the adults and the other people around your life, it's being imprinted and implanted into you. Beliefs and values, things you don't even realize are happening, are being programmed into your unconscious mind. You're constantly learning about the world around you from the experiences you're having in it. At this young age, you are curious. You want to touch everything. You want to put everything in your mouth. You, you, you're, you're asking why, why, why all the time. You're just so absolutely curious because every single day you're seeing new things that you didn't even know existed because you're at that age in life where life is just so mesmerizing. Every time you leave the house and you're a baby and you're in the, you're in the car seat and you look out the window, there's something new to be discovered. We're curious. We want to touch. We want to experience. 
everything because we've never seen most of the things that we're seeing now, let alone heard the things or felt the things. It's curiosity that drives us at a young age. As we begin to get older, this curiosity, our brains become more developed. We're able to form actual sentences and write, and we're really able to experience the world in a whole new way. And these things that we were once curious about become our interests. Think back to when you were a kid and you were interested in dinosaurs or um, action figures or dolls or go-karts or whatever it might have been. You got interested, super interested, right? This is the time where like for three months, you're like, you're all in on Transformers. And then for three months, you're all in on a certain cartoon. And then three months, it's this video game or three months, it's that, you know, you're just, you're jumping from interest to interest to interest because you're able to experience things with your mind more clear and more developed. And so everything is just fascinating to you. And you might dive deep into you know, for me, when I was really young, something about the Romans, I just loved that culture. So I would watch any show, you know, we had DVD ROMs, this is way before the internet. So we were, you know, these DVD ROMs from Britannica would show up and I would read through the Encyclopedia Britannica for all things Roman. And they'd have you bouncing around from encyclopedia, encyclopedia, and eventually they'd all be off the shelves. And my mom would be like, pick up the encyclopedias, right? This is pre-internet days, right? This is awesome. I, even now I'm talking about this. I'm like, I used to just pour through those encyclopedias and I would talk about something for months. And then I'd, reach my fill and I'd move on to something else. I was constantly interested in new things. Even at a young age, I showed this adept willingness to just learn. I just wanted to know cool stuff. And then as you begin to age, right, you get older, right? Maybe you're now in your, your early teens, maybe even the, the late aughts, right? You get around that eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 range, and you really start to get passionate about certain things passionate about a certain sport, passionate about a certain topic. Maybe you're really into cars, you're really into dinosaurs, you're really into robots, it's really into video games. It was whatever that was, you just became super passionate, wanted to do it all of the time. All of the time. The purpose comes way later in life, right? Most 12-year-olds don't get in, don't fall in love, with, don't get curious about oceans and then get really super interested in dolphins and then get super passionate about dolphins and then ultimately at 12 years old decide they're going to be a marine biologist and then that goes on to become their purpose for the rest of their life to save dolphins. Now it it happens. We've absolutely seen those kids. You might have been one of those kids who got super passionate about something at a young age and that became the fuel for your whole life. Now that I say all this out loud, let me check myself real quick. Because in third grade, when I was asked to write an article about a teacher, and I remember not doing it right, I literally, when I turned in the assignment, it was like, what is your name, Miss Perkins? How old are you? 33. And I turned in my, it was supposed to be a newspaper article. I turned it in like I had asked the question. So each question just had the answer that she said. I didn't turn it into a story. And the teacher had explained how to do this, but for some reason it didn't click. So then she pulls up a newspaper and she shows me, it's like, look, this is how a story is laid out. Go home and lay this out. I became super fascinated by the fact that you could ask people questions and then you could turn it into a story that I started reading the newspaper every day when I would get home from school. This is in third grade. I was reading the Indianapolis Star. By the time I was in fifth grade, sixth grade, and we moved out to the country in Ogleville, Indiana, mom started getting the USA Today delivered to the house every day. And I read the USA Today 
every single day from the time I was in fifth or sixth grade. I've been, I remember it happening in Columbus. It would have been sixth grade, all the way and all the way until I graduated high school. We had a USA Today delivered every single day. I'd come home from school and it'd be sitting there. I used to cut out my favorite articles and put them in photo albums, sports, news, all of these things. I don't know if I have them anymore. It'd be really interesting to know if in my dad's attic, all of those exist. But yeah, any kind of big news story, I I would read them. I was just constantly studying how to be a good journalist. And at that very young age, I remember thinking, man, it'd be awesome to just be a journalist for the rest of my life and write. It's like create stories out of people's lives. And I'm still doing that today in different forms because journalism has changed so much, right? You know, I used to blog. Now I, I, I tell people stories whenever I have them come on the show. I tell my story in a way that's compelling and enriching so that you want to listen to what it is I'm experiencing in my life because you know there's value for how it can affect your life. Still to this day, I'm following that third grade kid's dream. That third grade kid's desire to tell amazing stories. And where this will go in the rest of my 40s into my 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, I have no idea. But I know that that little kid's curiosity and interest in other people's stories, and my own story, in fact, is what's still fueling me. So all of that, now that we've gone through this sort of chain of how this occurred when you were younger, now we're all like in our teens, 20s, 30s, and beyond, right? So. When you start to sit there with this different career opportunity, this different life strategy, this, this I'm creating from my present, and you're, and you're sitting there going, well, where do I even start? You start at curiosity. For those of you who are listening who have had their jobs affected by the pandemic or through other various means, right? And now you're sitting here thinking, well, I got to get a new job, but I don't know what I want to do. This is an amazing opportunity. I could go off and get any job I wanted. What is it that I'm going to go off and do? You could decide that you want a job you've never even been trained for. Now you got to go off and get training. But either way, you can do that. And now you can have a whole nother job. You don't have to work in the oil fields of Alberta. In fact, this this gentleman worked as he, he did parts for machinery and management and things like that. So he wasn't even out there with like the big wrench and all that jazz. He was he had different areas in the oil industry in Alberta, but either way, he was still working with people who were out there doing that stuff. More than likely he saw them every day. He was dealing with that kind of work. You don't have to get back into the oil industry. It could be anything you want. You might need some new training, yes, but you still have all the opportunity in front of you. One of my tribal members, the one down in Florida, right, has an opportunity right now to completely change his career. Does he want to stay in what he was doing or does he want to move on to something else? Either way, the option now is there. There will be this, how do I put this? There will be this intense desire to not be unemployed because one, we need money, right? We need, we need money to have a roof over our heads, food on the table, air conditioner and heat. Car payments need to be made. Cell phone bills need to be paid. Absolutely. And when you start to seek out ways to make those things happen, you might take on a job right now in the immediacy that isn't your long-term desire. I was a bartender and a waiter for 20 years, knowing full well that is not what I always wanted to be. I didn't quite know what I was going to be. You know, I didn't get to have that fruition moment. I didn't get to have that experience until I got sober. But I knew it was going to be something within what I'm, I'm doing now. 
I always knew I, was, I wanted to teach. I wanted to coach. I wanted to train. Like there was that desire to help other people. Maybe it was born out of this uh, helping my mother with Crohn's when I was eight years old, you know, clean up the shitty sheets when her bag busted. Or maybe it was always being there for her whenever she needed any assistance after that. Or always wanting to be outside, you know, for the most part, helping my dad in, uh, in, the, in the fields, mowing lawns and taking care of the pigs and the chickens because then I could get his love. Maybe it grew out of always being that confidant that somebody could tell a secret to that I wouldn't go off and tell their secret. A friend recently asked me, he's like, hey, can you keep a secret? And I looked at him straight face without even thinking twice and said, that's one of my favorite things to do. And he's like, what? I was like, keep secrets. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I really do. I love keeping secrets. I love being that person somebody can confide in. That just, it, it just means the world to me to know that they trust me enough with this secret that they don't want anyone else to know, but they're willing to tell me. I've got hundreds of people's secrets in my head. Most of the time, I was like, uh, I would forget them. Not necessarily completely gone from my brain, but uh, like consciously, if somebody would be like, remember that secret I told you? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, no, that one, and they'd list some things off about it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That time you did, and you didn't want anyone to know. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally remember that. In fact, I'd start to recall details about what they were wearing or whatever they had told me, right? Like, I can't believe you remembered it. I'm like, well, I remembered it. Once you started to spark my memory, I was like, but I didn't keep it at the front of my brain because it was a secret. <laughs> I don't need to have it on the desktop of my computer if I have no intentions of accessing it. So I got, it got filed back in the archive called Don't Tell Anyone Else About This Other Person's Stuff. I love being that person who keeps the secrets. Why did I tell that part? Um, I, was talking about, I was talking about my mom. And maybe that's why, oh yeah, okay. So, so now here I am a life coach. Now here I am a keynote speaker. Now I train people with NLP and I train people on how to become good public speakers. And I train people on communication and sales. I train people of all, of all variations. There's just the, the scope of my tribe is amazing. And I do all of this and all of, those, all of those talents that I enriched over my life come to play here. People tell me some very vulnerable things that they don't want anyone else to know. No problem. Great at keeping secrets, great at confiding. Love giving out tips, tricks, and hacks and advice because I did it for 20 years behind of a bar. Now, as a life coach, we're trained more to ask the questions that help you figure out your answer, right? Because most people would rather know their own answer than be told an answer. And if you think that I'm wrong about that, do you really want to be told what to do? Or do most of the time you just want to be able to figure it out on your own? What if you're ask, but what if you're not asking yourself the best questions to help you figure it out on your own? That's where I step in. Now, I have absolutely turned to some of my life coaches and been like, look, there's like five options on the table, and I'm pretty happy with any one of these five. Just tell me which one you think will get me the outcome I just rattled off to you, and I'll do that one, and then we'll evaluate, and we'll figure out if that was the best one in a month once we've gotten down the road a little bit. Like, I just give me one of them. I, I can absolutely do that with people, too. Well, my point is, is that I've been cultivating these talents throughout my entire life. And now you have the opportunity to decide what talents do you want to cultivate in your life? What things have you been curious about and interested about that you would like to dive in deeper and see if they spark passion? It's through the passion, which is internally focused. When you're passionate about something, you're passionate about it for yourself. It's very internal. But purpose is whenever you take that internal passion and then you begin to exude it outwardly for the rest of the world to benefit from. 
being super curious and interested about the ocean and then becoming passionate about dolphins and constantly reading about dolphins is great. It may not necessarily be helping dolphins. But if all of a sudden you get super purposeful, you go off and get a marine biology degree and then you find yourself on a boat charting the migratory paths of dolphins and what they're eating and, and, and their, their uh, sexual habits to make sure that they're having offspring at the right amount and making sure they're not being hurt by tuna fishermen. Now you've turned your passion about dolphins, that was you reading about dolphins all the time, into a purpose. You're literally out there saving dolphins. So when you start to have these moments in your sobriety and addiction recovery journey, where you realize that you're ready to take another fork in the road, that you're ready to grow yourself, that you're ready to expand beyond what you ever thought possible. Begin to dive inward and ask yourself, what were you curious about as a child? What were you interested about in your teens? What did you get become super passionate about at some point in your life? And bring that back into the fold. Find those things that, that sparked you up, even poss- possibly during your addiction. Some people were football players in college, and maybe that was something you absolutely loved to do. So perhaps now there's an opportunity to go out and um, learn how to coach, and maybe you become a coach. Maybe as the manager in Alberta, you realize you really like managing groups of people, but you don't necessarily want to do it in the oil industry. How are there ways that you could manage outside of the oil industry? Once a manager, always a manager. You learned the the tips and tricks of the trade. Where else can you manage? Maybe you always loved cooking. So now you're going to start to explore this idea of a cooking truck in your life. Right? There's the, the, literally, the amount of hypotheticals that could come up here is infinite. But you have opportunities in your life to begin to refocus yourself. And it doesn't mean you don't take a job immediately like I did with bartending and serving tables, where it's like, okay, it's paying the bills, but I know there's something else out here that I desire to be doing with my life. Let me find it. Blessed be for me that sobriety was able to fire up all of these things that had been put on ice, that had been hibernated. I got my passions back, and then I eventually turned them into my purpose. And I'm not even sure that purpose I have now will be the purpose I have in five or ten years. If the purpose is helping people, absolutely. But when we want to start to single it down a little bit more? Is the purpose to help people by speaking? Is it by writing books? Is it by um, a TV show? Who knows where it will go? But my purpose to do what I am doing now, to fuel my own sobriety and recovery, to further myself, and then take what I'm learning and introduce it to others so that they can fuel themselves, that seems like something I'm absolutely going to have as my purpose for the rest of my life. Even if I don't always center around sobriety and recovery, it's going to be a part of what I do because it is such a huge part of me. I love what I have become in my addiction recovery, and I can't wait to see where I go from there, from here, from there. There, here, there's a lot of ERDs there. Where will I go from today? I do not necessarily know, but I know I am creating it from my present by the actions I take now. And if there is a lesson to be learned from the past, then I will go back there. I will visualize it. I will take it in from various points of view. I will take this lesson and I will bring the lesson back to the present. And I will leave the negative charge, the negative emotions. I will leave those things that are no longer useful to me in the past where they belong. 
sealed it all up like Tupperware and say, you go up on a shelf, don't need you anymore. Thank you very much for occurring. I have learned from you. I am ready to experience it moving forward from this seat of power I have in the present to grow myself into the future. And anytime I start to desire a way to expand my life, I start acting like a little kid around things. What is something I'm curious about? Okay, let me go read this. Ooh, did, did, did that spark enough curiosity in me that I'm now really interested in knowing more? Great. Let me go learn some more. Next thing I know, I'm, having, I'm in a Wikipedia hole on you know, behavioral psychology or the migratory paths of birds that might be in Santa Clarita so I can discover what this yellow bird at the bird feeder is right now. Like, what is that yellow bird? I will have to go find out now because I haven't seen him before. I'm super interested in that. Is our birds and bird watching and become one of my passions in life? I don't know, but right now I am super interested in watching birds eat at this bird feeder outside of my office window. And maybe one day uh, a, a passion of mine about birds turns into my a purpose to want to save birds from being eaten by cats. I don't know, and it doesn't matter right now. What matters is that I got super curious about the bird feeder when my girlfriend put it up. I got very interested when the birds started eating at it. And now I'm super passionate about watching birds through my window. Where it goes from here, I don't know. But this whole thing about birds was just awoken when she hung that bird feeder up about two months ago. Up till then, I had no idea that I would be this fascinated by watching birds eat. But I'll tell you what, it is a lot of fun to do. So even at 44, getting ready to turn 45, I was recently introduced to this awesome thing about watching birds. Curiosity leads to interest, leads to passion, leads to purpose. When you're looking for your purpose, you don't have to blindly start grabbing at things, hoping that that's your purpose. Because that doesn't really work, right? Oh, okay, uh, you know what? Well, I've always wanted to feed people, so I'm going to open up a restaurant. But is that really what you're curious, interested, and passionate about? Do you just like the idea of making food for people because you like to cook for your family? I can assure you, cooking at a kitchen in your own restaurant is not the same as cooking for your family every night from 5.30 to 7. What is it you're curious about? What is, where will that curiosity lead to interest? Where will that interest lead to passion? It's from that seed of passion that purpose is born. You need look no further than this model I have just introduced to you. Curiosity to interest to passion to purpose. It is within this model that you will discover the things that will fire you up for the rest of your life. You might be at a crossroads with your career. You might be at a crossroads with your relationships. You might be at a crossroads with yourself as far as your, your physicality or your emotions or your mental acuity or your spiritual groundedness. You could be at a crossroads in so many different areas of your life. When you're at this crossroads, it, it, this becomes this metaphorical fork in the road. Which way are you going to decide to go? Each way presents its own challenges. Each way presents its own positives or undesirables. Each way is going to have hurdles and challenges to overcome, and each way is going to have successes that will enrich your life. When you're trying to figure out, and you are going to figure out, which fork in the road to take, begin to ask yourself, well, what is it about this that that causes this curiosity in me? 
Where is this interest being sparked from? How is this creating such a passionate sensation inside of me? And once you've been passionate about something long enough that you've internalized it in a way that you're like, wow, I need to take this to other people. Now you're starting to grow it from your passion into your purpose. And the longer you allow that passion to purpose to grow and enrich your life and enrich others, the more you anchor your passion into the purpose for your life. This is how you can change everything. You don't have to blindly just decide on a new job or a new relationship or on a new workout program or whatever it might be. You don't just blindly decide and then wake up a year or two later being like, yep, this isn't doing it for me. Now, you can still run things through curiosity, interest, passion, and purpose and still wake up one day and go, yeah, you know, I'm a little over that. Then it was probably just more of an interest to begin with. And that's not a negative thing. You have that experience. You have those moments in your life where it brought you happiness. You have those moments in your life where the challenges were overcome and you get to walk away saying, wow, that was great feedback for how that could make me a more complete person. There is no failure. There's only feedback. So just because you tried something and it didn't necessarily work for you long-term doesn't mean it was a failure because you still learn things. There are still tools and resources and skills and habits that you enacted in your life to allow that to become what it did. Take that lesson, take those positive learnings, and now apply it to another interest, another curiosity, or another passion in your life and see where that grows. The worst thing you can do is find yourself stuck in inaction out of some irrational fear that you may one day wake up and it realize that this wasn't really what you thought it was. That could happen either way, but you will not know until you take action. Step into curiosity, into interest, into passion. Be brave. Be courageous. Take risks. You're at a stage in your life, you're always at a stage in your life where you can introduce new things to it and see where it grows from there. You are either growing in the sunshine or you are dying in the shade. So step into the sunshine. I always want to say sunshine. I think it's just too many S's or I've been saying too many words for too long. We're at 42 minutes, so I'm going to wrap this up. Curiosity, interest, passion, purpose. Begin to harness this model and watch your life flower. You will be more attracted to what it is that you desire for yourself and the people who are attracted to the power that comes from someone who is firmly entrenched in the positivity of their addiction recovery will be like a magnet. You will be a moth. You will be a flame and everyone else will be a moth. They will be attracted to what you are doing because they can see that you are firmly seated in a position of passion and purpose. And that is wildly attractive to people. That is wildly magnetic to others. They want to be in that energy field. They want to be around people like that because it rubs off and you are a positive, inspirational force for the masses. And boom, now you're in your purpose. Now you are in your purpose. I love you all. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. 
every day is the best day of my life because I wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 